most people don't reach their goals. They have this push-pull tug-of-war with negative mind chatter that block their path to health, wealth, and happiness. Today, we're talking to Dolores Garcia about her empowered mindset method that helps people rewrite their subconscious mind to accomplish their goals. For this and more, stay with us for what's going to be a very, very interesting conversation. Don't go away. You have a story, a story that is unique, a story that needs to be heard, a story that people care about, so it can get them to stand up for what they believe in. It can inspire them to change. It can inspire them to take action. It can inspire them to care, care enough to be the light to someone's darkness Care enough to extend a helping hand to someone who's down and out. Care enough to call things the way they are and see them for what they could be. Your story can make a difference. Your story can save a life. Your story matters. One story changed the entire world. Your story could do the same. All you've got to do is own your story. And a very warm welcome. If you just joined us, you're watching Books with Brigetti. I am your host, Brigetti Limbanda from Cape Town in South Africa. So it'll be nice to know where in the world you are joining us from. Our live stream today is made possible by StreamYard and BeLive Media. So a very warm welcome to you, our audience. This is an audience-centric show. We are monitoring the comments, so please feel free to say hello. And if you've got a question for our special guest today, you are welcome to drop that in the comments as well. If you are brand new to these streams, if you've never watched them before, please type new in the comment and I will give you a shout out to say hello. So my special guest today is Dolores Garcia. She is a retired nutrition professor and now coaches people to reprogram their minds for personal success. Why might that be necessary? Sometimes we have internal messaging that we're not even aware of. And so she helps people deal with that internal mind chatter. You know that voice on your shoulder that often tells you don't do it, you can't do it, you're useless, you, you know, you can't do things. She helps you work through those messages. Um, and she has what she calls an empowered mindset method to help rewire our subconscious mind that holds us back from it, from reaching our goals. So with that, let me say a very warm welcome to Dolores and invite her onto the show. I didn't catch that. Dolores, a very, very warm welcome. I'm so happy that you're able to join me today for this conversation. I am thrilled to be here. 
And, you know, I was thinking about it. We were having a great time in the green room talking. And, um, I, you know, I, I know that a lot of people comment on your accent. And I was thinking about it in reverse. Do I sound like I have an accent and you just talk normal? Like, what does it sound like in your head? <laughs> you know, strangely enough, you don't have a very American accent to me at all. Not, not at all. Um, maybe I speak to too many people in, in, in the U.S., but you don't have a very strong American accent. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I can understand you clearly and you don't sound foreign to me at all. <laughs> I was just like, everybody has an accent. It's just the way we talk, but we kind of point out certain people's accent, I guess. Yeah. But it's Abs great absolutely. to be here. Thank you. Thank you so, so much. And um, so, so you are a retired nutrition professor. <laughs> Yes. Do, do you actually, is there was like an, is there an off button, you know, coming, coming from a nutrition background um, or does that kind of, you know, is it so ingrained into just who you are that you are always just conscious of nutrition? Um, well, I am, I am always conscious of nutrition because you know what? We eat food all the time. Mm -hmm. And, and when you're not eating food, you know you're going to eat food or you want to eat food or you're dreaming about it. Um, you know what's, what has even taken it to a, a higher level is, um, is, the, is the mindset work that I'm doing now is that, you know, I was teaching apples and oranges back at the university and that was great to help people understand a perspective of nutrition and the and the chemistry in our body, etc. However, what what really rules our nutrition and our food behaviors is our mindset. And as you said in the introduction, me being a subconscious reprogrammer, that's where the programs are. And so my nutrition based programs um, happen to be very healthy that I don't fight against them. It's easy for me to eat intuitively and to eat well. And it's because of how I've been programmed. The people who struggle with their nutrition and their food-related behaviors, um, yeah, I can teach them all days, apples and oranges. But until we start reprogramming their deep mindset about it, they're always going to struggle. Does that make sense? It absolutely makes sense. You know, I've always been fascinated how sometimes when we shift into a whole new um, world, when we move on in life, whatever we did before that is never wasted. And somehow it makes us better at what we're currently doing, having that kind of background uh, knowledge that we have. You know, there's always ways in which we can incorporate the past with the present and make the present slightly better or enrich it. Yes. And I think about, I always talk about connecting the dots and my life has been a building, building process. It's stepping stones, whatever you want, whatever analogy that really suits you is that, um, but connecting the dots, um, I can look back and I can see why I really needed to study nutrition and to teach it 
And fast forward this many years later, I go, oh, yes, but your point is so well taken. Um, you, I'm doing something not completely different, but I'm not teaching at the university and I'm not teaching nutrition. Uh, but yeah, it's, it isn't wasted. The wisdom, the understanding, the perspective. Yes. That is amazing. So we have, although this is the first time you and I have actually met and it's, it's, it's wonderful that we can do this. I, every time I interview someone, I am just in awe about the ability that we have to have this kind of conversation. Um, you know, we're we're in lockdown in South Africa anyway still. And so to have the ability to not just talk to people in my immediate circle, I've got this ability to have conversations with people wherever the internet is available. And that can be just about anywhere, yeah. um, which is amazing. So apart from that, we have something in common that we've never really met. We're both contributors to this brand new upcoming book by Linda Sunshine West called Invisible No More, Invincible Forevermore. It is a bit of a mouthful. And every time I look at, look at the title, I resonate 100% with the title. But every time I think of the title, I have to look at the words <laughs> because I get tongue-tied. Yes. Yes. No, I agree with you. And and she emphasizes the invincibility. And I always talk about the invisible book. And I go, oh, Dolores, you need to stop doing that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I think it's hilarious. But but I totally, I totally resonate with the title. Yeah. with all of it, which is why uh, when she asked me, I said, yes, I definitely would like to um, to contribute to this book because, you know, it's just amazing how many of us can relate to this topic of feeling invisible and, um, and being able to step out of your comfort zone um, and step into a, a space where you can truly feel yourself and truly feel free and empowered um, is just amazing. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. And um, and really to 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 see that transformation. I mean, the word invisible is what pulled me in. I was like, well, we'll work on the invincibility part. We'll we'll try to own that. But what pulled me in, and I was referred by someone else to get in contact with Linda Sunshine, that um, it was the invisible. I was the invisible girl. And that resonated so, so deeply with me. And then to write my story and realize that, yeah, I'm not invisible anymore. That is amazing. So so your the title of your chapter is called Shroud of of shame. shame. Mm -hmm. I don't want you to give away anything because I really do want people to read the book. But could you give us just a brief overview of your of your chapter? Because I want people to be able to look forward to reading this book. Yes. Well, thank you. Um, it uh, it took some courage to write this, um, even though it's my story and it's my truth. It 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 is interesting how it does take uh, courage, and so. Uh, the shroud of shame that I wore for many years, like decades, um, was it was all based in um, 
what I felt like was a very hideous secret that my family and I kept. Um, my father uh, ended his his life about it was about it was less than a month after I had turned four. So I I turned four in the middle of August, and then he shot himself um, like the beginning of September. So I was barely four years old. And, um, you know, we, I, I will say, and I absolutely acknowledge, acknowledge and honor my mom for entertaining any kind of questions that we kids had about my father or about his death or anything else. And she never, she never denied me any information, but you don't, it, Oh, it just wasn't something that you talked about outside of the family. And I grew up in a very small town, very, just very small town. People knew that my dad killed himself, but it was like an elephant in the room all the time. And here I was, I just, I was the protector of the secret. And, um, and it was awful. It was shameful. I was ashamed. And I, I mean, I didn't do anything. I was just a little girl, but I internalized that shame. And when you keep secrets and you, you're hiding things, yeah, it becomes, yeah. It does. It's a. It, it's a. It becomes a burden that you carry. You know, um, I, 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 I saw the preview video of your story, and I was, you know, I remember. I don't know how much you remember of the actual incident, but I remember a lot about my life when I was four years old you know it sounds very young but there's a lot of distinct memories that I have from the age of four in particular yes you know I remember my I got my first bicycle when I was four years old um, I remember my grandmother dying when I was just barely four years old and I remember I remember those incidents very very vividly it's still very crystal clear in my mind and I think it's amazing that one can remember from such an early age but for you to have such a traumatic event at such a young age and to be able you know having to carry that with you through your life and I can imagine why it must have been hard for you to talk about because children are cruel <laughs> children can be incredibly cruel at school Yes. Um, so I can imagine that that could not have been very easy for you having to to live with that, you know, even though it wasn't your fault, none of it was your fault. But you almost feel as if it is. Well, and, and you become the protector of the secret. And um, you don't you don't talk about your business with other people. And um, I do remember that that was kind of a, a prevailing um, mindset attitude that we had in our in our home is that we just we keep our we keep our personal business to ourselves. We don't we don't go talking about it. And um, yeah, no, you hold it, it close. You hold it close to your chest. Now you did something recently that sort of goes entirely against this whole thing of being invisible 
And when I heard about it, I thought, wow, just wow. I am in so much awe of the fact that you were able to do this um, at, a, at a mature age when people generally don't do this kind of thing. But I thought, lady, hats off to you for, for being able to do this. And I suppose... It, I don't know. I'm going to ask you now. Was it easy to do it because you have a nutrition background and you're able to take care of your body to accomplish what you have? So just tell us what you've done. Well, okay. So to, um, what she's referring to is um, I did a physique competition. And that's just a really fancy word for a bikini contest. And But it, it's, I mean, you can have different... Uh, um, on the continuum of level of muscle. And so it's a bodybuilding contest. And um, I had I had wanted to do that for many years, but I was very insecure in my body, especially showing my body. And um, I never I never had uh, any weight struggles. I I ate well, I was a dedicated uh, I exercised for years and loved that. It was such a, a relief. Um, I struggled with so much depression that exercise was a major therapy um, strategy for me. And there was no compelling me to do it. And then, you know, things happen. And I was in a position that um, I got real serious about it. And um, with all due respect to the sport, um, I'm I'm going to tell you straight out that it is not about healthfulness. Is that you manipulate your diet and your body and your training routine um, to to an extreme, and um, that you actually have to recover from it after you compete. And so, really, my background in nutrition and even as a personal trainer. Um, <laughs> kind of went out the window because you do, especially right before the event, you get real extreme and um, you kind of turn into a not very nice and not very healthy person. And, and like I said, you do have to recover from it, but um, it, it was um, the word invisible has always been part of my identity and, um, and I never really said it, but that's how I felt. And that's why when I found out about Linda Sunshine's book, I was like, well, I can tell you about being invisible. That's how I lived for so many years. And um, so to do this physique competition was truly a, it was kind of like a bucket list item. It was a big dream of mine. I always wanted to do it. And then I had a support system at my gym that actually brought that to pass and um, no regrets, no regrets at all. That is absolutely amazing, Dolores. But I, I was also thinking about it. You know, it speaks to, I don't know if you agree with me, but there's something liberating and you don't understand it until you get there. <laughs> but there was something liberating about turning 50 that you kind of think, you know what? I am at the peak of my life and I no longer care so much about what other people think. Yeah. And I'm now going to start doing things that I really, really want to do, things yeah. that make me happy, things that I enjoy. 
Um, because you, you know, I think when you turn 50, you no longer feel like you need to prove anything to anyone, to the world. Um, you really just start stepping into your own skin. Yes. Yes. And, you know, I, I remember when I turned 50, I, it, it, it just felt like a complete change. You know, I felt like I was stepping into my own and I felt like I no longer had the need to explain myself to anyone. <laughs> or, you know, I just wanted to do things that make me happy, that yes. make me feel comfortable in my skin. And I didn't, I no longer wanted to do stuff to please other people or just for the sake of pleasing other people. Mm -hmm. And I would agree. And there was, there was so much personal transformation, as I mentioned, that there were about 30, 35 years that um, I lived under a black cloud or in the black cloud of depression, just depending upon what day it was and how dark it was. And, um, and round about round about 50 ish is when things um, I finally was in with a therapist who cracked the code of my depression. And finally, and I can say that she that she definitively healed it and allowed me to open up to the rest of my life. So I'm going to add this on there. Um, when I turned 50, I said to myself, okay, I got 50 good years left, then we'll see. <laughs> and and that that's kind of been my my attitude is, you know, I got 50 good years left, we'll see where we're at after that time. I started listening, just like you, I started listening to myself and anytime I would say, I've always wanted to, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? That's what I'm going to do. My 50th birthday, I went skydiving. I always wanted to go skydiving. And so I did twice. And, 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 then, and then to do this physique competition, um, it just, but I agree with you. There's some kind of, I don't know, beautiful spiritual release that now we're old enough to do what we want to do. And we don't and, have and to no longer have to ask permission from you know you don't have to, to seek anyone's permission in fact you don't really care what other people think you care you care you care less what other people think and it's not that you wanting it's it's not in a nasty way or in an ugly way you know it's not to offend anyone it's not that kind of I don't care it's more that you know I have reached this point in my life and I now really would like to all my life, I've tried to do things for my family, for my children, for my husband, for my mom, for my dad, for my friends. And I think you kind of arrive at 15, you think, now I'd like to do something that makes me happy. Yes. And that it is absolutely okay to do that. And, um, and you know, anyone who is um, a student of uh you know, heightened consciousness and, you know, abundance mindset. Um, we talk about working in the state of flow or in a flow state. And, and that's really what that is all about is doing things that you really want to do that you resonate with. And um, that is, that is one, that's my happy place. Let's go ahead and do all of our work in flow and we will do amazing, divinely inspired work. And, and in fact, that's how I wrote the story in, in the book. Is through I think that it, divine. It, 
it opens one's mindset to do more things, you know, whereas you previously may have held back because of fear of what other people may think about what you're doing. So you've let go of that fear that you had previously and you almost become a little bit more adventurous. I won't say I'm, I would do anything to put my life in danger. I want to live. I don't want to die. Yeah. I've still got many years. I'm looking forward to my grandchildren. Um, you know, but I do open myself up to more opportunities. Yes. Um, you know, I mean, I couldn't, if, if someone told me a couple of years ago that I would be live streaming, that I would put myself out in the public domain, I would say, you've got to be kidding me. Just <laughs> no way, not a chance. But now that I've been doing it for a number of years, I love it. I love what I'm doing. I love the opportunity to have met people like you and many, many countless other people. It's been an amazing journey. And, you know, to be able to take part in writing this um, book with, with Linda was just another step in another, in a new sort of direction of feeling empowered. <laughs> Had you written it and published anything prior to this? I mean, your, your wonderful show about books have you authored previous books? I, I apologize for my ignorance. I don't know. I actually have not. You know, I've been interviewing, I've been interviewing authors for three years now. I've been doing the Writer's Corner live show with uh, a co-host, Mary, who is a, a children's book author. And um, we started that show accidentally. You know, we just, we raised, we met each other under very strange circumstances. Um, and we wanted to, to remain connected. And, uh, and then we, we decided to do the show. And, you know, I kept saying to her, you know, I'd, I'd love to, to I, I really enjoyed interviewing people and talking to authors and I've learned a lot. But I became so preoccupied, so busy with, with, with what I'm doing. You know, live streaming takes a lot of time, a lot of work, a lot of preparation. Um, and I really, really enjoy it. And I didn't have the time, you know, I mean, I probably would like to write three, four books because I've, I've got so much that I want to, to share, but I just don't have the time. And then when Linda approached me, I thought, you know what, I can do this one. I can make the time to write a chapter. Yes. Yes. And, and also for, for our listeners, if you have wanted to write a book, um, and starting with a collaborative book, um, I mean, it's and especially when you have a publisher like Linda E. Gads, she just lays everything out for you. You simply just need to write your story and she takes care of everything. It and couldn't be easier. <laughs> it's amazing. And, and exactly what you said is writing a chapter instead of a whole entire book and I actually have, um, I have one solo book drafted and she's not quite ready yet. She needs, she needs a little bit more um, ripening time, shall we say. She's not quite ready to be published. And I'm in the middle of a second solo book, but I was reflecting how, how rich my life has been blessed with these collaborative books 
before my solo books. And I go, oh, yes, connecting those dots. That's exactly the way it should happen. And again, when you get in with someone like Linda, boy, she just she just does everything. Linda is is amazing. Um, you know, her first book, The Year of Fears. Um, for anyone who hasn't looked it up, you know, go and have a look up, go and have a look at Linda's book called The Year of Fears. Um, she also has quite an amazing story. Um, and to break through her fears, she decided to work on them one fear at a time for an entire year. I mean, that's quite a commitment. Yes. And so her book is entitled The Year of Fears. And she was, she just became unstoppable after that. Yes. She's literally, and, and that was her thing as well, you know, just learning how to do a collaborative book. And she became unstoppable after that. She's literally going from one collaboration book to the other, to the other, to the other. She is a powerhouse of a woman. Yes. Well, and I may, uh, if I may really, but I, I have a very, a very, um, heartfelt story and experience with her book um, that uh, I was I was supposed to be doing work and I'm like I, my brain was all squirrely you know how it gets and you're like I can't focus and I decide to entertain myself by reading her book and I'm like eh, let's just go read Linda's book and see what it's all about. So I literally was reading on my laptop I was sitting at the park and I, I couldn't stop reading that book. And it's about 100 pages in her ebook. And I got to like page 80. And I could not contain myself. And I emailed her. And I'm like, okay, I was going to finish the book and then write you an email, but I'm on page 80. And um, what I told her was, because of her book, and there was a particular quote in there, quoting her, that um, gave me what my second solo book is. And so I am dedicating my second solo book. It's entitled 100 Hard Questions and What I Learned Asking Them. So can you see the relationship between her year of wow. fears and my book? My biggest fear <laughs> was asking questions and a multitude of different questions. And, um, and in fact, I, I just asked her if she would do me the honor of writing the foreword for the book, because I'm in a dedic, I mean, it was totally in the park, reading her book. And I go, Oh, my goodness, this is so I'm on question 85, right now. And, um, and so that book will that will it will become I got to figure out how to publish it. I don't know what I'm doing. So I think that is that is going to be an amazing read and I would love to read it. And you know why I grew up in the era, I don't know if you had this and that, if that was your motivation for writing this book, but I grew up in a time where um, I was not children in general, me included, were not allowed to ask questions. Children were, um, you know, we were constantly told children must be seen, not heard. And yes. that, that became, that was part of my, um, invisible story is that I I never grew I didn't grow up with the tools to express myself because I was not allowed to express myself you know and yeah. and you you were labeled belligerent or you were labeled um 
defiant or not respectful um, if you if you voiced an opinion. You know, we're not allowed to have an opinion growing up. And so, you know, that even carried into the time when I got married because I didn't have the tools. You know, I kind of found myself going from this, being in this position in the family where, you know, you're not allowed to speak your voice, getting married and feeling that, you know, um, I have to now, uh, I'm not allowed to voice my opinion because I'm a woman. That's exactly You know, so all those sort of learnings were carried into my marriage. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for me to learn how to be myself and have a voice was huge, absolutely huge, you know. Um, and it, it's, not about, it's, not, it's not about being part of a movement where, um, you know, I'm a feminist and wanting to be free from my husband. That had nothing to do with it. It was simply being able to string a sentence together and not feeling um, shame or not feeling that you were not worthy of saying how you feel. Yes, yes. You know, it was just that sort of growing up feeling disempowered because you were not, you didn't have the tools to, to speak in a manner where people would respect what you're saying yes. or take it seriously. Yes. Well, and I will, you know what, you know the exact spirit of this book. You, you kind of, you're, you just like wrote the summary on the back of the book that that is it. So not only were we invisible, but we were silenced. And I, I love that that is the connection between my very first published story about my invisibility journey. And now I'm talking about my silenced journey. And, um, and so we can talk about it gender wise, we can talk about it culturally wise, or religious wise, age wise. And then, you know, what does it do to the human that does have a voice, but is not allowed to use it or is ignored because that's another way that we're silenced it, it we're ignored when we do use our voice or we're discounted or shamed mm -hmm. absolutely you know i think of how many times um i heard the phrase who do you think you are <laughs> you know when you express your opinion yes and and what does that do to your psyche <laughs> Yes. It tell you know it's sort of subconsciously conditioning you that you are not worthy of having an opinion. So and eventually you keep quiet. Eventually it does silence you because yes, so you know if you hear that same sort of stuck record over and over year and year <laughs> after year, you eventually do just keep quiet. Yes, and so that is a perfect example of a subconscious program that's running in the background. I set a goal to write a book, but I got this program that says, who do you think you are? So do you see that tug of war? That 95% that of the thoughts and beliefs that we function on are stored and function out of the subconscious. Only 5% of our thoughts are on the conscious level. So we set our goals 
on a conscious level. And then we got all of this static and chaos back here in the background. And so it's, yeah, it's that little voice always chattering. Like, who do you think you are? Like, why do you think you know so much? Maybe you should sit down and be quiet. Like, who cares about your story? And you're like, oh, but I want to be a writer. Who cares? And so we we talk, and that's that is what my coaching practice is based on. I know that you have goals, and I know that you have voices. So let's let's go ahead and just take care of this. And we do it in such a loving, gentle um, way to dissolve those programs and um, the word that my clients use after a reprogramming session, the most common word is, I'll say, how do you feel? Lighter. I just feel, so, I don't know how to describe it, Dolores. I just feel lighter. I'm like, yeah, because you just let go of a whole bunch of burden that you've been carrying around. Yeah, it's a perfect example. I think it's amazing to arrive at the point where you realize um you do matter yes. your voice does matter and it's not about arriving at a point where you think you know it all you never we will never know it all you know I never want to stop learning learning is a continuous process you have a capacity for learning until the day you die mm -hmm. um you know I I dislike calling myself an expert at anything because what is an expert you know, do you ever reach that status? You know, you learning is a continuous action. Mm -hmm. I, I, I never want to not have a hunger to learn things. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. But at the same time, I also know that my voice matters. I also know that even though I never wish to call myself an expert in something, I do know that I know a thing or two about certain things and that my knowledge about certain things is worth something. Um, you know, you need to value yourself enough to know that you do have self-worth um, and that you've accumulated knowledge on certain subjects that other people may be willing to pay you for, and that's okay. <laughs> that's perfectly okay. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And, and, you know, the thing is, is that when, when we're in a, the human collective, um, it is, we are so empowered when we have a synergy of working together. And so, um, you know, if I die, when I die, not if I die, when I die, if I, if I don't share any of my experiences, then okay, then that's fine. There's, there's no harm, there, no foul there. But what if I do share my experiences and just offer them as a goodwill offering to whomever partakes of them? And if that benefits them, then all the better all the better. And um, just, just being, I just, I like to think of it as being a good human and helping each other. So can you tell us a little bit about your empowered mindset method that you use with your clients? Yes. Um, I, I love it. It's been a building process and um, I actually am adding a little bit more to it. But when I work with clients, 
Um, it is, it's like a guided meditation and um, they, they stay, it's, I'm not hypnotizing them. Although I think there is, because we're slowing the brain waves down to theta so that it is uh, very programmable and we balance the right and left hemispheres. And we really just do, we, we follow principles of energy psychology. So if, if our listeners know anything about, uh, say, Bruce Lipton, Dr. Bruce Lipton, or Dr. Joe Dispenza, um, those are real big names in energy psychology. And really actually being able to reprogram the subconscious mind so that the programs and the belief systems, the paradigms that are functioning, you know, under the surface, 95% of our thoughts are under the surface, let's go ahead and have them be beneficial and not pulling us backward or pulling us off track. But in it's like having your own coaching staff, your own cheerleader, your, I mean, your, your favorite fan, and you're not fighting against yourself, and you're not hating on yourself, and you're not making excuses why you can't do things. Um, one of my hashtags is bring your excuses. I love people's excuses. They do not scare me at all. They give us a lot of information about the programs and how we can start reprogramming them. And um, we, don't, we don't have to do goal setting and goal achievement and success by force. We can be highly successful in a very pleasant and enjoyable way because we're on the same team. We're not fighting against ourselves. So the empowered mindset method is, is really some good energy psychology, some good um, neuroscience, neuroplasticity, uh, you know, just, it, it, and it's so painless and it's so immediately effective. That's why I fell in love with it is that you don't have to wait. You immediately are a different person. That is just amazing. That is just amazing. And and do you work from home? Um, where, 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 where in the States are you? Are you guys under lockdown still? Um, no, I'm in, uh, I'm in Phoenix, Arizona. And um, no, we're, we're fairly open. And um, you can wear a mask and or not. And there's no restrictions. I don't travel much. So I don't know what the details are. But no, nah, we, we're open. Yeah. And so wow. I just do my work. Like if you and I were on a coaching session, this is exactly what we would be doing. We do it on zoom or I can do it on the telephone. I don't have to look, I don't have to see the person. Um, we can, yeah, we, we can just do it. However, I, you know, the, one of the things that has been um, amazing and wonderful about the pandemic is that it's opened up our, eyes to being able to work differently and I think for women it has been so empowering for women for women and people who live with disabilities it has been so empowering to know that you can work from home because we have been denied opportunities because we have children at home for younger women um, or people who have 
disabilities where they don't feel comfortable working with people in a cubicle. Mm -hmm. um, you know, those people have now been given opportunities to work in from home in a space where they're comfortable. Yeah. Mothers can work around their children. Dads can work <laughs> around their children. Isn't that amazing? Yes. You know, something we never would have thought of. And, and families have grown closer over these last year, year, year and a half um, because we actually get to spend time with them. And, you know, being able to work flexible hours when children are napping or playing, parents can focus on their work. It's been wonderful. It's been yes. absolutely wonderful from that perspective. And I'm not discounting the fact that a lot of people have lost their jobs. It's, you know, I'm not discounting that a lot of us have felt a lot of stress due to the pandemic. Um, a lot of people have suffered with mental health during the pandemic. I'm just saying it hasn't all been bad. Some of it's been good, but it doesn't discount the fact that some are really, really, really struggling. Um, and if you are struggling, reach out, you know, don't be quiet about it. It's there's no shame in asking for help. Um, you know, it's okay to say that I'm struggling and I could do with some help. It's perfectly okay to do that. And in fact, that was one of one of my hard questions. And probably I've asked that kind of a hard question multiple times is that I I will get stuck not knowing something or um, just stuck spiritually, emotionally. And that was a hard question to reach out and ask one of my mentors or one of my coaches, one of my friends, hey, I really I really need I need a lifeline here. I'm struggling with something. And um, yes, absolutely. And we, you know, maybe another benefit of this pandemic is being able to be connected in such a bigger network that, um, you know, growing up in a small town, you don't want to go share in your business, you know, but living in a global society, that's really easy to get an outside perspective. Yes. Absolutely. And, you know, the other free thing I wanted to just briefly touch on is, is the fact that growing up, you know, we didn't grow up seeing counselors or coaches. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. <laughs> But being at, at the point in life where we are now and we realize that it is amazing to be able to reach out to a coach, a life coach or a psychologist and a psychiatrist. And it's perfectly OK. There's no shame in seeking help. Just mm -hmm. as if, you know, you seek help when you have a broken bone or a limb. It's OK to go to a doctor for that. There's nothing wrong if you need some help with mind work to yeah. seek out the help of a professional in that field. I just want to give a shout out to Mary Dundon, who's um, who's just joined us in the chat here. Mary, shout out to you. Thank you for joining us. I am always keeping an eye on the comments for people who are new. So Mary, um, it'd be great if you, can, if you can follow us so that you can get a notification next time. Thank you for joining us. Appreciate you. Yeah, so good. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I read some because I am a certified life coach and I've just added the subconscious reprogramming onto the end of that. It was a good building process. And um, I, I was reading some negative, negative criticism about um, why are there so, everybody's a life coach? And I was like, OK, so what's wrong with that? 
if everybody is reaching out for everybody's health, then why would we not want to do that? And it doesn't mean that I'm, I'm going to be able to work with everybody or whatever, but spreading the love around and the help and the support, I agree with you 100%. Dolores, I wanted to tell you what I my standard answer to people when they say something like that is um, if someone wanted to become a hairdresser, would they be put off by the fact that someone said to them, oh, there's a hairdresser on every corner. You'll never get enough work. <laughs> it just does not work that way. There are thousands upon thousands of people who do hairdressing and cut people's hair, but you will be faithful to the person that knows how to cut your hair <laughs> yes. the right way, and that makes you feel good. So yes. there could be thousands of others, and it's the same in every profession. Even when, you know, in the space of live streaming, people say, there's so many people that are live streaming. It really doesn't matter because people yeah. who like my particular style will gravitate towards my productions. And likewise in what you do. There are people that are going to resonate with you and they'll be drawn by the way that you work with them. You know, yes. there's, there's space for everyone. The world is big enough. There's room for every one of us. Yes. And and so we'll just give a shout out to the the new entrepreneurs that are barely starting this and they, they might be getting that negative vibe from people um, just just close that out and just go, yes, but this is my voice and this is my passion and my gift. And this is what I'm offering and believing, trusting the, the benev benevolent universe to provide for us. And um, that's all I do. And you know what? There will, there are plenty of thoughts and brains to work with for me. <laughs> Absolutely. The world. And you, you know, I also love the fact that with the pandemic and I've, with us being able to work online has also opened up opportunities because instead of us now only being limited to our immediate environment, we literally now can do business without walls. You can, you can do consultations with people the way that I live stream anywhere. People have got access to the internet. So you're no longer limited to clients that's in your immediate vicinity. You can have clients anywhere in the world. Isn't that yeah. amazing? It is so amazing. Like when I first coat my my first international client was in Canada, and um and and it was it was a lovely session. It would just went so splendidly. But when I hung up, I kind of did a, a happy dance. I was like. That was my first international client. How amazing is that? I mean, literally, I, I probably won't meet a very large percentage of my clients or my contacts in person. And I'm kind of okay with that. I'm like, hey, at least I we can have this conversation and this exchange. It's a step up from being a pen pal. I had a pen pal in Spain when I was in junior high and that was okay. Yeah. I, I It's just amazing. Dolores, thank you so much. This was amazing. I yeah. cannot wait for Linda's book to see the day of light. Yes. It's coming soon. 
it, it, it is coming soon. And uh, just a huge big shout out to Linda for what she's done. Um, you know, she has given opportunities to both men and women. So it's not even just a woman thing. Um, you know, her, her book Momentum had both male and female um, authors in them. But at the same time, she has made a point of empowering other women. Yes. Um, which has been amazing, you know. And um, and I think it's nice to just have the mindset that there's room for all of us. Yes. And, you know, I would also just put the invitation kind of a little bug in everybody's ear, um, especially to your widespread audience, is that Linda it has, um, if I'm not mistaken, she has four uh, collaborative books in the making. And so she will be needing contributing authors. So if there is anyone who wants to write their story, but doesn't want to write the whole book and wants a amazing publisher to work with, hands down, she's the girl to choose. And it's not hard to get hold of Linda. Her name is spelled L-Y-N-D-A, Linda Sunshine West. So if you're looking for an opportunity to get published, she's got she's got opportunities to get published. Mm -hmm. If you're struggling to become an author of an entire book by yourself, um, the way to do it is to, to co-author a book. Reach out to Linda mm -hmm. Sunshine West. She's amazing to work with. As Dolores said earlier, it couldn't be easier because Linda does everything. All you need to do is turn in your chapter, turn in your assignment, and Linda does the rest. She does everything else. She's figured it all out. Um, she's very, very, very well connected. Um, I think she, she refers to herself as the queen of collaboration, which yes. she absolutely is. <laughs> um, you know, if you're seeking to, to connect with people, uh, connect with Linda. <laughs> Yeah. She loves, she loves connecting people with people. Um, so kudos to, kudos to her. I want to just give a huge big shout out to our audience on LinkedIn, um, on Twitter, on Facebook, on YouTube, on Amazon. It's been amazing. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been wonderful. Dolores, it was great talking to you. <laughs> Lovely meeting you, yes. and I hope we get the opportunity to do this again. Hopefully, once the book is published, I'm sure we will share the same screen again at some point. Yes. But thank you very much. Um, this was great. And if you can just wait in the green room, um, it'd be great to chat to you just after we say goodbye to okay. everyone here. Okay. Thank you so much. My honor. Thank you. Pleasure. Thanks, everyone. Okay. You were watching Books with Brigitte, and until next time, Stay safe, take care, be well.